Finally, it's here. Welcome to the best podcast in the history of mankind. It's Monty's Lockcast. And now, here's your host, Monty Coleman. Hey, 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 it's Monty. Welcome to the Rockcast. This is episode 260, and once again, I am coming to you from beautiful Colorado. And I don't live in Denver, but I live close to Denver. And for the past nine months, I have had Denver Nugget fever. And I saw every single game this year, either on TV or in person. And I knew the whole season that they were good, but wow, they became NBA world champions. And that's right, I said world champions. I had a couple of smart asses on Facebook go, well, they're not really world champions because all the teams in the NBA are either from the United States or Canada. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, if you'd like to debate me on sports, feel free to message me. And second of all, the best players in the world play in the NBA. And when you're not good enough to play in the NBA, that's usually when players end up signing with a team in Europe. So I'm going to go ahead and call the Nuggets the world champs. You can call them whatever you want, but uh, I like to refer to them as my favorite team. And it's not just because they stampeded over the Lakers and Suns and Timberwolves and the Heat on their way to the title. I loved the character and class the Nuggets showed on their way to doing that. And I give most of the credit for that to Nikola Jokic. He's a superstar who doesn't have to beat on his chest or act like an idiot every time he scores a basket. He's all about the team. He just goes out and gets it done. And his teammates seem to follow his lead. Kind of like the Spurs and Tim Duncan used to be. And so it was nice to see for a change a bunch of good guys finally win it all. And I would have loved to gone and seen some of those games in person. But uh, man, the tickets were just outrageous. Alex and I looked it up and tickets in the nosebleed sections were like 800 bucks. And that was just for one ticket. And some of those seats on the floor were like 12,000 bucks. And so we knew we couldn't afford that. So what we did one night was we went to watch the game at a Buffalo Wild Wings. And if you don't know what that is, it's like a sports bar that serves chicken. And there's like 50 TVs and they have the game on all of them. And it was packed out and everybody was screaming and cheering and it was just a blast. It was like being at the game. And the best part was you couldn't hear the announcers. I didn't have to hear Mark Jackson or Stephen A. Smith or the dumbest man on earth, Kendrick Perkins. And somehow I enjoyed the game just fine without their constant ramblings. But speaking of annoying ramblings, uh, maybe I should stop talking about sports. Good idea. All right. Well, how about a listener question? And this one comes from my good friend and buddy in Mississippi, Jeff Moore. And Jeff says, hey, homie, how's it going? Oh, is that a good question? Well, thanks for asking, Jeff. And well, I'm hanging in there. 
As you know, I'm old, and uh, the other day I made the mistake by going and getting my blood tested. And oh my God, when the results came back, it was like, uh, you've got high cholesterol, your blood sugar is high, and you've got diabetes. And not only that, you've got high blood pressure. And so they got me on all kinds of medicine, and uh, basically I just wake up every day and feel like crap. Especially the cholesterol pills, they just make me feel sluggish. And so I may have to change my diet a little bit, you know, cut back on the cookies, stuff like that, you know, maybe lose a few pounds. But, you know, it's weird for me because it's not like I'm a fat tub of goo, but I'm not skinny like I used to be. Like uh, when I was in high school, uh, my nickname was Stick. I was so thin that people would make fun of me for being skinny. And God, would I love that now. Would somebody please try and humiliate me by calling me String Bean? But no, apparently all the Twizzlers and Dr. Pepper have finally caught up with me. But fortunately, I do not have to stop smoking or drinking beer or alcohol because I never did do any of that. But the hardest part for me out of all of this stuff is the high blood pressure. Because that requires me to not get overly upset. And I know it probably seems like when you listen to these podcasts, like uh, I'm a pretty chill guy. And I would say for the most part, I probably am. But every now and then, and by every now and then, I mean like every day, at some point, uh, something will set me off and I will just lose it. And it usually just uh, involves a lot of yelling, uh, usually at the TV. Like when I see our senile and satanic leader Joe Biden spinning his web of deceit. It's all I can do to keep from throwing the remote through the screen. And I also have to usually take a blood pressure pill before I watch a sporting event. Mainly because I hate referees. I know they've always been bad and possibly filled with human excrement. But these days they just seem like they're completely stupid or incompetent. Or maybe they're just being paid off and doing the work of the devil. I don't know, but I feel like somehow if I scream loud enough at the TV, they will eventually hear me and stop making all those horrendous calls. Unfortunately, I think I'm rubbing off on my girlfriend Alex. I don't know that she even really cared about sports before I moved to Colorado, but now she's almost as bad as me. If I get mad while I'm watching a game, I will at least keep watching. If things aren't going the way she wants during a game, she'll just get up and leave. And the other night, we're watching the finals and it's game five. And the Nuggets aren't playing well, but they're only down by seven in the first half. But she gets up and heads to the kitchen. And on the way, I hear her say, that's it. I knew we weren't going to win. We're going to lose. And I said, well, it is only the first half. And she said, I don't care. We're going to lose. And then we're going to lose the entire series. And in that moment, I realized that I had turned her into a sports fan and that I am now the calm one trying to console her. But all that to say that uh, I'm probably going to have to make some changes. I'm going to have to learn to relax a little bit more. But it's not going to be easy because a lot of things piss me off. Oh, like what? For instance, uh, celebrities who wear sunglasses indoors. 
I know that supposedly makes you look real important, but unless you've got some serious sensitive eye issue, knock it off and take those shades off when you're inside because it looks douchey. There's no reason for that. Another thing that bugs me is people who go to a concert or sporting event and they just want to sit there and talk the entire time. And they're not talking about the bands or the game they're there to see. No, they're talking about their job or their kids or insurance. And they're doing it loud enough to where everybody can hear them. Kind of like those annoying a-holes that you see walking around a grocery store talking on their speakerphone. I hate them! So I've got to start letting stuff like that not bother me as much. Kind of like the comments I get on Facebook. Some of them are great and I really appreciate them. For instance, when people tell me they like my art or my music. Thank you so much for doing that and I hope you will continue. But let me just explain something. When I post a picture on Instagram or Facebook of a new painting that I'm trying to sell, it's because I'm looking for potential buyers who might uh, purchase that painting. It's not because I'm hoping I'll get derogatory comments from some smartass that thinks he's funny. I get it, you don't like Kurt Cobain. I don't care how you feel about him. I didn't particularly like him myself, but he made for a great painting. So you might just try doing what I do. If you come along something you don't really care for, just keep scrolling. I don't know why, but when I see somebody post something about air supply and how much they love them, uh, I can't find it in myself to go, yeah, air supply sucks. I mean, why would that be necessary? But I spend eight hours a day for a couple of weeks on a painting of Nikki Six, and I get, that guy's a douche. It doesn't matter how good the painting is or how many Motley Crue fans there are that might actually want to buy that painting. It's vitally important to you that you let me know that you hate Nikki Six. But I get it, if you're an artist or musician or you do a podcast, you're going to be open for all kinds of comments and criticism. Kind of like on Apple Podcasts or the iTunes Store or something like that, they have a place where you can give ratings and reviews for Monty's Rockcast. And I haven't even looked at it in years to see what people were saying, but I actually got a rating of 4.9 out of 5. And most of the comments were just really nice. Like Brady from NLR said, Monty is the man. He's down to earth, accessible rock star who has a unique musical perspective. Somebody else said, Monty Colvin, one of the greatest podcasters out there. The rock cast is entertaining, informative, and just a blast to listen to. That's not true! However, with the good comes the bad. And somebody called Slade1973 gave me one star. And he said, even though I've been a big fan of Monty's band Galactic Cowboys since the 90s, I never knew what an angry, hateful guy Monty is. Listening to this podcast was a shock. Case in point, Monty's remark about Chris Cornell's suicide. Hey, I didn't like Chris Cornell either, but how about some human decency? Or should I say Christian compassion for his children who now get to grow up without a father? 
I love your music, Monty, but listening to your podcast reveals you to be a callous, unthinking person. You, you're, you're evil. And then there's another one here that says uh, he thinks the podcast is decent, but I come off as angry, bitter, and paranoid at times, uh, leaning toward right-wing conservative politics. Okay, well, the first guy was upset with me because I called Chris Cornell a dick. And this was about four years ago, right after he died, and I thought about it later, and I thought, well, maybe I was kind of insensitive. So I apologized on the next episode. But at that time, everyone was talking about Chris Cornell, and I just told a couple stories where I had met uh, Chris twice, and both times he was kind of a dick. But I never really knew him other than that he was a great musician, and uh, since then I've done a painting of him. And maybe he was a super nice guy to other people uh, other than me. But the part where you told me to show some human decency and, quote, Christian compassion toward his children, uh, I'm going to bite my tongue and not tell you what I'd really like to say, but instead say, uh, how about you take your Christian self-righteous attitude and stick it? Just because you happen to listen to one of my rock and roll comedy podcasts doesn't mean that you actually know me. The fact is, is that I actually do really feel bad for his kids. Their dad committed suicide and left them. But I'm the one who isn't compassionate or have any decency? Wow. Well, what are you going to do? I know everyone isn't going to like everything I do or agree with everything I say. But one thing that both of these guys that gave me bad reviews got right is that yes, I am angry and possibly bitter. But I'm working on it and I'm actually happier now than I was four to ten years ago. But I'm not gonna lie, there is uh, still a fair amount of rage that boils inside me. But if you talk to the people who actually really, really know me, they will probably tell you I'm a pretty nice guy. But I just happen to have some opinions and things that I feel very strongly about. And if you don't like hearing that, uh, you don't have to listen. And I'll even do you one better. If you two guys that gave me bad reviews think you can do this better than me, feel free to try. But I probably won't leave you any shitty comments about your show because I'm going to be too busy doing other things. Like trying to accomplish something myself. But forgive me for going off on this rant. I just really think it all comes down to the fact that I'm getting a little fed up with everything in my old age. And since I don't have FU money, I can't just drop off the face of the planet like I'd like to. And that may sound angry and bitter to you, but here's something you may not realize. That whole time I was in Galactic Cowboys back in the 90s, I went out of my way to be nice to people. While a lot of the bands we toured with would hide on their buses and try to avoid their fans, I would go out every single night after we played and usually hang out in the club and talk to anybody that wanted to talk to me. And I would sign things, I would take pictures with them, and I would listen to their stories. And trust me, I didn't always feel like it after playing, but I did it. Because I wanted to be nice, I wanted to give back. I tried to be the kind of rock star that I would want to meet. 
And if somebody wrote me a letter, and this is before the internet, I would write them back a handwritten letter. And this has continued up to this day, where if you send me a message or an email, I write you back. And it's all because I appreciate anybody who is truly a fan. And I've never looked at myself as a pompous rock star who was better than everybody. I feel like I've always been a down-to-earth guy and I've had some people take advantage of that. But I guess I just finally got tired of taking people's shit. And the more of these podcasts that I did over the years, I just got to the point where I'm like, hey, I'm going to say what I think. And there's a couple of people who definitely influenced me to take this podcast in the direction that it eventually went. And the first one was Adam Carolla. I used to listen to him on Loveline in the early 2000s. And then I would listen to his radio show. And then when he had a podcast, I was about to start mine. And talk about a guy with no fear who just says what he wants. It's Adam. And the other guy was Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show. I started listening to him and Neely before I ever started doing my podcast. And they were just brutal. They would do these hilarious segments where they'd uh, review other podcasts that people were doing and just tear them apart. And once again, like Corolla, I was just inspired at how honest they were. If they thought a band was horrible, they would say so. If there was something going on in the world that they thought was bullshit, they would talk about it. And for years I thought, God, I hope they don't find out about my podcast. They'll probably just want to make fun of me and think I suck. And it took me years just to drum up the courage to uh, just message Chris and say hi. And to my amazement, Chris started listening to my show and it turned out he loved it. And since then, he's been a real friend. He's uh, had me on his shows a couple times. He owns one of my paintings. And he had me do an art video show on heavy metal television. And a couple of weeks ago, Chris messaged me and said, Hey, I love that little thing you did on your last show where uh, you played that Asian singer Wing. And you did it because you said you wanted to be more woke. And he said, I was listening to it in my car, and when I heard that, I spit coffee all over the windshield. And he said, it was so hilarious, I've got to talk about that on the CMS. And sure enough, they did it, and uh, they talked about my show on uh, the Classic Metal Show. They played part of the segment, and if you want to hear it, uh, it's on YouTube. And it's also on cmspn.com. You can find it under uh, Monty's Rockcast Goes Woke. But it was just really cool to hear somebody that I really look up to in the podcast world talk about my show. And Chris said something else that I thought was very interesting. He said, Monty's Rockcast may be my favorite podcast, but I never know when it's going to come out. And if he would just put out shows consistently on a schedule, he'd probably have one of the biggest rock podcasts out there. But he just puts them out there randomly. And Neely asked him, well, how does Monty expect to build an audience? And I loved Chris's response because it was so true. He said, "Uh, I don't think he cares. That's the answer. Yep, now you know. I don't make any money from this show. I've never had any sponsors. Every episode takes me forever to make. 
And honestly, they're probably not even worth all the time and energy that I put into them. But the only slight benefit I get from all this is that I get to talk about what I want to talk about, I get to speak my mind, and no one's going to tell me what to do. And for now, I kind of like that. But here's a suggestion. If you want to know when a new episode is uploaded, I always announce it the day I put it up on Instagram and on Facebook, so you can add me on one of those. Also, just to give them a plug, I'm on Podcast Addict. Addict as in uh, I'm addicted to podcasts. And if you find Monty's podcast on there, you can subscribe by hitting the button. But let's move on now to some CD reviews. There's a couple of new CDs, at least they're new to me. They've come out in the last couple of months anyway. And the first one is from Avenged Sevenfold. It's called Life is But a Dream. And let me start out by saying uh, I've liked this band for a long time. I've seen them a couple of times and they're very talented musicians. And I'll admit that I've been a little jealous uh, because uh, they do a lot of things that are very Galactic Cowboy-like. They've mixed metal with the melody. They've got a lot of catchy choruses and at times they get way out there and very experimental. And I've even had a few people tell me, hey, I think they ripped you off. I've seen them use the Spaceman imagery. Very recently, they took a photo where they all had stockings over their faces like we did on Space in Your Face. But strangely enough, I met them after a show when Mike Portnoy was playing drums. And he introduced me as Monty from Galactic Cowboys and they just looked at me like, hmm, yeah, never heard of you. So probably just a coincidence, but they've gotten really big over the years. They're playing arenas now, and I wish that could have been us, but hey, uh, sometimes that's the way it goes. But I've heard several extremely different takes on this new album. I've heard people say it's awful, and what the hell are they doing? What were they thinking? And then I've heard other people say it's great, and it's so experimental that it's fantastic that they could take those kinds of chances. And so I had to check it out for myself. And I heard the first single that they put out, and yeah, it's a little different, but I kind of liked it. It's called Nobody, and you may have heard this too already. So I heard that and I thought, okay, well this could be promising. But then I got the whole album and listened to it and uh, wow, this is really weird. 
And I don't blame them for trying stuff because we used to mix, you know, thrash with uh, cellos and sitar and the blues and Beatles and whatever we could throw together. We tried it. And that sounds kind of like what they're going for. They got in the studio and just went crazy. But I'm still not sure if a lot of this uh, really works. several songs on here I kind of start out liking but then they completely switch gears and then all of a sudden I feel like I'm listening to a Tim Burton movie soundtrack but I don't know maybe some of this will grow on me eventually there's stuff on here that reminds me of King Crimson or maybe uh, even Frank Zappa This is kind of all over the place. There's some great guitar solos on here, though. Uh, their uh, lead guitar player, Sinister Gates, is uh, amazing. 
and there's some very cool things throughout the album. But then, just to maybe piss everyone off, they ended the album with kind of a uh, crooning Frank Sinatra kind of song. And I kind of just went, you know, I'm flexible and all, but uh, this is uh, just kind of annoying. So I'm going to say after two or three listens that I don't really like this album, but maybe I'll eventually come around. I don't know. But let's move on now to the next album, which is by Extreme. It's called Six. not totally sure why I decided to review this extreme album because I'll be honest I've never been a huge fan I've liked some of their stuff here and there but uh, you know back in the 90s when uh, Galactic was recording a lot we went out of our way to try and not sound like extreme in fact when we were doing machine fish our drummer and producer alan doss had a sign up in the studio that said no nuno and it's kind of funny to think about now because i think nuno's great yeah right i've actually got another nuno story for you i think it was around 97 or 98 we were doing a tour and we were playing in boston and it was dark outside and I'm walking toward the tour bus and I look over and there's Nuno and he's just standing there with a girl who I'm pretty sure was his wife and I recognize him and I think ah cool Nuno and I say hi but of course like most rock stars I've met he doesn't give a damn about me and he says hey I've got a question and I think oh wow maybe he's gonna talk to me and I go, yeah, and he says, uh, do you think you could get me a piece of bread? And I said, uh, yeah, and he goes, yeah, she wants something to eat. 
And I said, oh, okay, well, would you like a whole sandwich? And he says, nah, just a piece of bread. And I said, okay. And so I went to the bus and I got a sack with about three or four pieces in it. And I take it back out to him. And he just says, thanks. And I said, no problem, man. Walk back and got on the bus. And that was my Nuno story. I mean, whether you like it or not, that's an incredible story. All right, here's another song off the new Extreme album. Kind of catchy. I like the vocals. other stuff on here that's uh, gonna sound a little bit more like extreme usually does that funky kind of rock but the tunes I found myself liking were a little bit more of the commercial sounding things a little more poppy I like the way Sharon and Nuno harmonize their vocals and for me that's kind of what I liked about this album but overall oh that's really all I got to say about that Jenny
you know, as I'm listening to that and thinking back to uh, Galactic Cowboys, maybe instead of having no Nuno, if we would have put a little more Nuno in our stuff, uh, maybe we would have sold a little better. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's do something a little different now that I haven't done for a while. It's news in the world of political correctness. You really want to go there? Yes, as we all know, these days everyone is hypersensitive. There are people out there who are just waiting for you to slip up and do something that they find highly offensive. And it doesn't matter if it was a mistake or you didn't mean to do anything to bother anyone. They will expose you for the piece of crap that you are and you will get punished or canceled or fired or all the above. So you just better watch your ass. And the first one is a true story. Uh, there was this gas worker in San Diego and he was driving his truck somewhere and he stuck his hand out the window and he was cracking his knuckles. And there was a car next to him who happened to have their phone camera on and they took a picture of him and claimed he was making a racist gesture with his hand. And apparently they reported him and the guy got fired. And the guy was like, racist gesture, what are you talking about? But nope, it didn't matter, he lost his job. So my word of advice to this guy in the future and to everyone really, if you're driving around and you want to stretch and uh, you put your arm outside the window, just make sure you extend the middle finger and flip everyone off that happens to drive by. They may not appreciate that, but at least you won't be called a racist. I'm not down with that! Another story I heard was about an announcer for the Oakland A's. He'd been their play-by-play -play guy, I think, for like 20 years. But this season, he got fired for using a racial slur on air. And what happened was him and his sidekick were doing a live pregame show. And he was telling the audience what a great day they had had that afternoon in Kansas City. And he said, oh man, we went out for some amazing barbecue. And then what he meant to say was, and then we went over to the Negro League Museum. And if you've never heard of it, it's this museum in Kansas City that is dedicated to the Negro baseball leagues that existed before black players were allowed to play in Major League Baseball. And I actually went there once when I lived in Kansas City, and uh, it was pretty cool. They had films you could watch. They had a little miniature baseball diamond set up. They had these old uniforms that were really cool, and it was kind of educational. And well, this announcer for the A's was going to tell everybody how cool he thought it was. But instead of saying Negro League Museum, he said on live TV, we went out for some barbecue and then we went over to the N-Word Museum. Oh my God! And you can tell by the look on his face, he had no idea what he just said or did. But apparently somebody told him and then later, of course, he apologized. But it didn't matter because you're done, pal. We know you've been with us for 20 years, but your career is over. And sure, Chris Rock said that same magic word on his last special about 900 times. But you're a white guy, so go straight to hell. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, my advice to all announcers in the future. I would avoid saying Negro League Museum at all costs. In fact, I would avoid saying anything that starts with an N. In other words, don't say any countries or places like Nicaragua, Niagara Falls, uh, no Nigeria, and don't say words like near or neglect. In fact, you'd be better off uh, just throwing out an F-bomb. Because let's face it, it's a whole new world now and we're gonna have to watch everything we say and do. And why is that? Because in the United States, we are extremely, extremely racist. That's right. I know we have Black History Month and Black Holidays and uh, we had a black president. It doesn't matter. Because I just heard apparently there is an organization who claims that there are not enough black players in Major League Baseball. And I gotta tell ya, I agree. Huh? Yeah, I think there are way too many Latinos, Hispanics, and Asians. Every team in Major League Baseball is just loaded with them. And I think we need to weed some of these guys out, and let's start with uh, that Otani guy from the Angels. He hits way too many home runs, and so let's just send him back to Japan, or wherever he came from. And we can replace him with some black guys, and we can make the MLB more diverse, like the NBA. Say what you want about him, the man knows what he's talking about! Now, if you're one of those people who isn't hung up on all the politically correct stuff, do like I did and go watch Blazing Saddles for about the 10th time. I couldn't believe it, but I saw it listed on uh, Prime Video or something like that the other day. And it was unedited and I just laughed my ass off once again. That movie made fun of everybody. Gays, blacks, whites, Jews, Nazis, you name it. Do you have anything else? Asians, bigots, rednecks, and the KKK. And it was funny in the 70s, it's still funny. I find this offensive. Oh, but that's not all I saw on TV. I finally watched the final season of Better Call Saul. I'd already seen the first five seasons, but uh, Alex hadn't seen any of it. So what we had to do was go back to the beginning and I just had to start the whole thing over. And I gotta say, I actually enjoyed watching it again the second time even more. A lot of it I had forgotten anyway. And we just binged the hell out of it and uh, it was great. And it's one of those things where you know Saul is a horrible person, but you want to like him anyway. He's kind of like Walter White, where you find yourself rooting for him. But was it as good as Breaking Bad? Probably not. There were parts that got a little boring. But overall, I thought the acting was great. A lot of the cinematography was beautiful and just really artistic. And definitely a top 10 series all time for me. Of course, one of my favorite things to watch on TV are concerts on YouTube. And this is a great time of year for those because you're getting all of the European metal festivals. And last week, I watched several from Hellfest in France. And these aren't those crappy videos shot by some guy in the crowd with his phone. These are entire shows with multi-cameras and just really professionally done. And they sound great, and they look great, and uh, I watched The Architects last week. 
That was excellent. Love that band. I also watched a Parkway Drive concert. And I like them so much that I think we're going to go see them uh, when they come to Denver. But there's also some bad stuff on there. Uh, like I watched part of Fishbone. And I remember going to see them back in the 80s and they were really good. But in 2023, wow, I don't know what happened. But sloppy, out of tune, and it just sucked. So I bailed on them, but I did find something else that was kind of interesting. It was a band called The Who. And no, not the one with Pete Townsend. Uh, this band is called The H.U. The Who, and they're from Mongolia. And they look a little tribal, and they're playing these instruments that look like two-string cellos. But they also have drums and a bass player and whatnot. And they actually kind of rocked. But it was really kind of different, and I kind of liked it. And so here's a little bit of what they kind of sound like. Once again, that's The Who, and you might want to check out that live video from Hellfest. I think it'll make a little more sense. But finally, uh, yesterday on YouTube, I found a live concert from Thin Lizzy, and I think it was from 1983, and I had never seen this before, but it was when they were on the Thunder and Lightning Tour, which is one of my favorite Lizzy albums ever. And of course, that was the album that John Sykes was on, and he is in this video. And all I could do was just sit there and go, oh my god, Thin Lizzy just kicked so much ass back then. They were just such an amazing band. So do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and look up this Thin Lizzy concert 
And yes, YouTube will torture you with several commercials before they actually let you watch the video. But trust me, it's worth it. Now, before I go, wanted to thank Jeff Moore for commissioning me to do a painting of a Boston Terrier. He got it to give to somebody as a gift. And yes, I don't just do rock stars. I also do animals and uh, people's pets. So keep that in mind. If you've got a pet and you want a painting of them, uh, send me a message. Also, thanks to Gray Fowler, he bought a couple of prints of Pete Townsend and Robert Plant. Todd Burns ordered a couple of Galactic Cowboy prints. Thank you, Todd. Cole Woodard ordered a Iron Maiden print set. Thanks again, Cole. A special thanks goes out to Doc Green for buying a portrait of Neil Pernt. And Donovan Engel, who bought a Vinnie Paul tribute painting I did. And last but not least, thanks to Jim Kemble, who bought some of my Rockstar refrigerator magnets. Yes, I still have those for sale. And he also bought a cool print of Alex Van Halen. Now, if you'd like to get some of my cool artwork for yourself or to buy for a friend, please visit my website, monicolvinart.com. I'll admit, I've never heard of that website. Okay, I'm going to take you out now with a song off that Thin Lizzy album I was telling you about, Thunder and Lightning. It's called Baby Please Don't Go. It's got some killer solos by John Sykes, and it is just absolutely guaranteed to kick your head in. And I hope you enjoy that happening to you, and I will be back soon with more fun and mayhem. But until then, this has been Monty saying take care, don't let anyone tell you what to like, unless it's me, and rock on!
This has been Monty's Rockcast. This show sucks.